Welcome into episode seven, Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. My name is Juan. Juan? Also name is John. John? Also known as, I should say. Also known as, a.k.a. John. A.k.a. AKA John. A.k.a. AKA J-Mob. Whatever. Guys, as you know, Get Fiddles and Paradiddles is a podcast for working musicians by working musicians. Absolutely. And we're proud of it. Um, Yes, we are. Guys, seven episodes in. uh, Last episode, we talked about... um, Preparing yourself as best as you can for the gig, right? right. Learning the song. Learning the song. We right. talked about Nashville number system. We talked about arriving right. at the gig and yes. implementing those things. Right. Well, this week, we want to talk about now you're on the gig. What are some expectations of yourself? Mm-hmm. Like these are, these are like things that you're going to hold yourself accountable to. And then ways that you're accountable to your bandmates and to the audience, to the venue, yes. to yes. all that stuff. All the above. So, so John, let's, let's dive right on into, you know, here we are. We're on the gig. Yeah, we're on the gig, or, or maybe we're getting ready to go to the gig. Maybe we're at home. Maybe let's, we're at let's home. Let's envision ourselves at home. We're getting ourselves ready. Right. Right. So, sure. So I, I guess give me some. Give the, me some. The, the first thing that in, in any job that you are doing um, is just punctuality. Be on time. On time, for sure. You know, whether if you're driving to the venue yourself or you have a bus call to make, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um you need to make sure that you're there punctually. You know, right. make sure right. you're there on time. Uh, especially if you're trying to get to a bus call, because if you don't get there by the said bus time, you will be left. Yeah, quickly left. Quickly left. So, and they will figure out the rest later. You mm-hmm. won't be on that gig, nor will you get called back. So, take a sip. Super important to be <laughs> on time. <laughs> number one, guys. Number one. That's number one. Super important. Number two, to be on time. You have to make sure, because that's what you can control. Right. Right? Is physically putting yourself to a place on time. And I'll say to to John's quick point there, during a gig, you do enough live shows, there's plenty that you can't control. Oh, yes. God knows it. Yes. But... You can definitely control being there on time and being prepared. Being prepared. So we're prepared. We're on time. What about our gear? Like, did we we forget anything? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> make sure <laughs> I can speak from experience and um, you know I've been around people that have shown me better systems um, of, of making sure you've got everything you need uh, to do your do your gig right uh, whether that be all your guitars all your straps for said guitars mm-hmm. a guitar stand mm-hmm. extra batteries for your wireless <clears throat> all of that stuff yep you know and you know, for me personally, I'm super anal about that. I have a system um, that I have acquired backups for everything. Just it makes me feel a little bit better when I get on a gig. For instance, I carry around sets of preamp tubes and power tubes in case one of them decides to explode. Wow. Or break. Or, you know, if your gear is being stowed in a trailer and it's being driven down the road just the vibration from it it could cause one of the tubes to go out heat which, cold yeah mm-hmm. you know uh, which happens you know not a whole lot but it it has happened a couple of times to me and thank god i've had extra tubes mm-hmm. i can just pop in you know typically it's not something that's ideal for an amplifier because usually when you're especially if you're having to replace a power tube you need the amp needs to be biased properly mm-hmm. like the voltage you can you can get online to figure out what biasing an amp does but when you have a power tube goes out uh, it's a little bit more involved than just replacing it however if you're on a gig 
and it breaks, you can replace it to get through that show and you'll be right. fine. Right. So uh, just, just making sure that you are able to, if something goes down, you have got a backup plan. There's got to be no thought process involved. It's got to be, okay, I've got this for that. Right. <clears throat> I was on a gig recently, um, a couple months ago, and uh, the guitar player on the gig, um, it was funny. So he, he only had one guitar with him. Mm. That was number one. Mm. And it's funny that you say you bring all these backup kind of things. Mm. So he's, he's he opens his case up. And I'm used to seeing when a, when a guitar case is open, especially an electric guitar case, like just stuff, you know, right. like a capo, a cable, right. accessories. He, he didn't have really anything with him, you know. Right. And I was like, "Man, you got some extra, yeah, got some extra strings or anything?" And he's like, "Man, I've been playing for like six years. I've never broke a string on a gig." So wow. one guitar, well, good. That good never broke a string on a gig. Right. Guess what happened that night at the I'm, gig? I'm gonna say he broke a string. He broke a string. He broke his B string, and you know, here he is, no backup guitar. No string. He felt really bad afterward. He's like, oh, you know, sure. he, he he internalized a lot of that, right? And he apologized to the artist and to the band, which was awesome, you know. But there was a moment there where it was like, man, you kind of jinxed yourself, you know. You're like, you yeah, know. you know, and that's just something that that I'm definitely pretty sure that he learned a valuable lesson that oh, yeah. day. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 always better to have and not need than need and not have. It's an old school saying, but so true. You know, especially if you're on the road. And you're in, you know, Podunk, Mississippi, and yeah. there ain't no guitar center. Find you a, a little mom and pop guitar shop, right? If you're lucky. If you're lucky, and if you are lucky, now you got to settle for a set of strings you're not used to playing, and they're going to be three times as expensive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, being being prepared for stuff like that is part of part of your job as 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 the person playing an instrument is make sure you've got. Your stuff, you know, everything you need, backup guitar, um, you know, if you're playing songs that require multiple style, different guitars, well, then you need to bring each one of those guitars. Right. Um, And um, you'll also have, just by default, you've got backup guitars. So if you break a string, you can just switch guitar and Mm -hmm. make it work, right? Mm -hmm. So um, having an inventory, taking, I guess, an inventory of you know, what do I need to have? And mm-hmm. do I need to carry a backup? Right. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to carry a backup of each and every single one of your foot pedals per se. Right. Um, because that's probably a little overkill. That's a little overkill. However, if there is a pedal on your board, you've been noticing giving you problems, Yeah. then you might want to have a backup plan for said pedal. Well, maybe instead of backup planning, go ahead and address that before you go to just, the gig. Yeah, yeah, just address it before you go to the gig. Either pull it out of the signal chain or replace it all together. Yeah. But, you know, if you have a bad little patch cable between your, your, your pedals, having a few backup patch cables, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. all something that's part of your inventory of, of, your, of the stuff that you have to have to get the gig. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure there's probably, you know, the same thing for your drummer. It's like... Don't leave your kick pedal at the house, yeah. right? It's funny you say that. I mean, there's there's been some stories of, of you know, gigs that I've heard. You mm-hmm. know, you in your circle, you hear about stuff. Drummers forgetting their kick pedal. Mm-hmm. Drummers forgetting their throne. Mm-hmm. 
Like these are essential things. Like, what are you going to do? Grab a bar stool and play now? Like, yeah, what, you, you ain't gonna. There's like you, you forget your kick pedal. Right. Say is an hour to the gig. What are you going to do? You know what, what I mean? are you going to do? My system. I mean, I don't have so many little tiny mm-hmm. incremental things like guitar players do. Um, all my stuff's big. All my stuff's heavy. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing is like most of you know drums they individually go in cases. Right. A pedal will go in a case. Right. A snare drum will go in a case. Cymbals go in a case. I count all my cases. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that in most gigs I have between nine and ten cases. It depends on how mm-hmm. many toms I'm taking. And if I'm if I'm loading with less than that, I'm, I'm I'm wondering. Okay, I've counted nine cases. All of them are individual. I've got all my stuff. Right. But if I see I've got less, then I know something's missing. Right. Um, there's kind of a you know, I'm, I'm OCD like this. As I'm loading, I put all those cases together. Yes. I want to see that yep. as a visual representation mm-hmm. of what I'm about to mm-hmm. put in a car. When I put it in the car, there's a visual representation of what I'm taking to the gig. When I get to the gig, there's a visual representation of what needs to be used on that gig. Right. Um, I think being super redundant in this mm. means that you can, part of that, you know, being on time means that there's a commitment Mm. Where people can rely on you, you yeah, know, not is. just from a timing standpoint, right. but this guy shows up with his gear, yep. he's on time, he's professional or she, I mean, yep. you know, this means that you've, you've checked all the boxes. These are again, falls under that thing that you can control. Right. Absolutely. And you are, it's, it's on you to make sure you're on top of that. Right. Um, what's it look like if you're late and you forgot your symbols? Uh, you ain't getting <laughs> no gig no more. That's, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So you know, the other situation of, 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 you know, the inventory and having a system is that kind of to kind of piggyback what Chris was saying, you will, you will know if yeah. you're not, it's like, Oh, something's, I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. you have that system in place. You have your checks and balances, if you will, in place that will allow you to not leave your house or a venue until that inventory has been checked off. Yep. You know, cable by cable, yep. stick by stick, you know, case by case. And just to throw in a, a point, guitar players, invest in a good quality gig bag. Don't bring hard shell cases to a gig. It's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. And here's why. Because you're trying to get off and on a stage, load in, load out. Mm-hmm. You can't put a hard shell case on your on your back and tote it like a backpack. Mm-hmm. It is takes up a lot of room and if you are bringing a guitar that is that precious quote unquote mm-hmm. then you have to keep it in a hard case probably don't even need to be bringing it out of the house mm-hmm. to begin with that's your studio guitar brand. right so something that I have learned that has helped streamline my uh, you know uh, you know loading in is um, putting my guitars in good quality gig bags and a gig bag is just almost like a padded canvas type bag mm-hmm. has pockets in it mm-hmm. you can put your accessories you can put your strap and it has straps on it so you can wear it like a book bag yep yep you know that's huge and they make gig bags that hold one guitar two guitar three guitar i think that's about the i think three is as much much as they'll do but i've got a gig bag that has two slots and i'm able to bring that's what usually i'm bringing two guitars mm-hmm. um and it's a gig bag and I put it on my shoulders and I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny that you bring that up because I used to put, you probably remember this, I used to put my symbols in a hard case. Uh-huh. And that was good when we were on the road because sure. stuff's getting thrown right, in the Right, right. If, if you're stuff. on the road and you're in a touring situation, like all your stuff needs to be in road cases. Yeah. That's, we're excluding that from this topic. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. talking about working musician yeah, guys yeah, yeah. who yeah. Are, have to get to the gig, yeah. 
You're throwing your stuff in your car. Yeah, throw and go situations. Yeah. But I mean, I I ended up using that case Mm -hmm. after we got off the road and it just slowed me down. I couldn't put it on my back. So, um, you know, I ended up getting a a zip up bag for Mm -hmm. my my, uh, nice quality for my symbols and like your bags, it's got like a thing where you can stick it on your back, like a backpack, which is awesome. Cause then that frees up one more hand. Symbols are heavy yeah, on your that, back. Yep. and now I can load out quicker. I can load in quicker. Yeah. It's and wonderful. The, the efficiency. Mm-hmm. That's what it's mm-hmm. all about. You know, checking off your inventory checklist mm-hmm. of, of your essential things that you need to have on the gig. So now you've done that. What's next, Chris? Well, so we're on time. Yep. We've got there on time. We removed all of our gear. Hopefully. We did better. We did our part. Right. So there's something in the industry um, called backline, right? What is this said backline you speak of? I've done some gigs where, uh, and I know you have too, where you you have what's called a fly gig. Mm -hmm. And for all you guys listening, I'm doing air quotes here. Air quotes. Me too. It means you fly to the destination to play as a drummer. Yes. I ain't going to put my drums on a plane. No. As a guitar player, you're not going to put your amp on a plane. You know? Not going to bet. So they have this uh, They have this thing in, in a lot of cities, especially big cities, is they provide you a backline, which mm-hmm. means normally amps, mm-hmm. drums, PA, things like that. Right, correct. So um, one thing to, to know, and, and a lot of artists or, or tour managers or whatever it happened to be, they'll, they're quick to tell you mm-hmm. backline is provided for this. That's correct. If they don't. You'll be in the routine of asking them, mm-hmm. should I bring my drums? Most of the time they're going to say, no, don't worry about drums. You might need to bring cymbals. Mm-hmm. Still a pain in the butt to get cymbals on a plane, but right. have done it. Yes. Um, so that's something I don't think we need to spend a lot of time here. You know, you definitely want to make sure that you've asked that question. Yes. Or you have need that, to, that answer provided to you. Right. You know? that, 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 that needs to be a something that you ask the artist or whoever's calling you for the gig. You yeah. know, those, there are certain things you need to clarify and get. There doesn't need to be any gray area. And right. do I need to bring my rig or is a rig going to be provided for me? That right. needs to be. So I think that, you know, knowing that backline thing really ties into what does your system look like for getting your gear there? Because, yes. you know, if I don't need to bring my drums and maybe all I need to bring is just my stick bag, you mm-hmm. know, then I'm good to go. Right. So it changes things a lot. So make sure that you guys have, have really figured out. You know, do I need a backline? Absolutely. Do I need, you know, do I need like a, an abbreviated version mm-hmm. of my normal mm-hmm. load in, load out? Backline? Same thing for guitarists. You know, you might have the amp and maybe there is a, there's a guitar that mm-hmm. the backline company provides for you too, but you have to bring your own pedal board. Right. You know, you right. can fly with a small little you know, pedal board rig. You can check, but that's something that you need to figure out. Right. Because if you get there and, you know, there's no pedals there and you have to have specific sounds and you're screwed. So yeah. make sure you are super clear on whether your rig's being provided from nuts to bolts or if it's a scaled down version, whatever, you know, make sure that that is uh, figured out yeah. prior to. So we get to the gig, we're loaded in, loaded in, figured out our backline situation. Right. When you get on stage, this isn't as common for drummers, Mm -hmm. um, but for guitar players, for sure, you want to be able to assess your power situation. Right. And, 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 uh, your stage plot, you know, where, where are you at on the stage? And for guitar players, you are going to need electricity to power your rig. Right. So depending on how much stuff you have, you need to assess that situation mm-hmm. because that can be problematic. A lot of, you know, a lot of gigs I've done in my past, I've had to literally run a hundred feet of extension cable to get power to my side of the stage. Wow. 
you know, you don't necessarily need a hundred feet, but you need about 78. Yeah. You know, so you need a hundred foot cable. You need a hundred foot cable. God. And it's a nightmare, you know, mm-hmm. it, but I had it. Yeah. You were ready. I, I mean, was, some, you know, drummers, we don't really need power as much. I mean, one of the gigs that John and I did together, we, uh, we used an Ableton rig. Mm-hmm. So Ableton Live allows you to run backing tracks and click tracks and things like that. So the only thing I needed on stage was, um, you know, a laptop, which needs power. Right. And I needed uh, an audio interface that I powered as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes powered it from the laptop. But, um, you know, drummers, keep in mind, you know, if you're if you're getting into those rigs where you need to run backing tracks and stuff like that, you're going to have to look at something that you're going to have to be aware of. And, yeah. you know, you, you're going to have to make sure that you can get power to your situation. So with guitar players, you know, ideally, the least amount of power is better. Mm-hmm. Usually, typically you're going to have what's called a quad box where there is four outlets on one little brick, Mm -hmm. one little square. Mm -hmm. A lot of times there might be one mounted in the floor, mounted in the wall, or the production company will run you a, a quad box to your, your amplifier and run power to the front of the stage. Whatever, you know, if you can get your guitar rig to at least have a minimum of, or, or a maximum of four. Mm-hmm. That way, you're going to be pretty good to go. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to worry about running a whole lot of lines. Um, you know, for instance, if there's just a dual wall outlet on the other side of the stage, well, all you need is one. Just run one extension cable to the other side of the stage and hook up your, uh, you know, your power strip, and it it powers everything. Right. 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 And if you've got all these different amplifiers and all these pedals, and they're not it. You know, you can't, you have to be able to um, work with what you got. So maybe, you know, this just popped in my head, maybe practicing this at home, you know, making sure that your rig works in two outlets or Yeah, absolutely. Or and, you know, it's something that I had to do with my rig. Mm-hmm. Um, with my rig, I need three. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you're good to go. And I'm good to go. <clears throat> Yeah, so I, when you when you get there, you definitely want to assess. So, yeah. Thing. So when you get to the gig, you want to assess where you're where you're getting power from because that's going to be important you know um you want to make sure that you've got what you need and where you need it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know another thing to also be mindful of is uh are the outlets grounded if they're not always might be a good thing to bring a uh, a little ground plug mm-hmm. that you can get at your local home depot yeah. um yeah. that you can put on the end of your um uh, you know your your power cables that will ground lift um, if you're having noise, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. maybe the power at the club is not the cleanest. Yeah. Uh, that'll help a lot of times. Okay. Um, so you're making sure that you can power your rig up. We're going to physically start scoping out, loading in to right. the club venue, wherever we're playing at. Right. right. Kind of see, this is probably where the drummers, uh, my good friend Chris, is <laughs> going to really have some good insight because... While I'm figuring out the power, he's assessing the load-in situation. Right. A lot of times with drums, like, I appreciate when a band says, let's let the drummer get set up first. Oh, absolutely. Please, guys, let your drummer set up first. It's it, it, Just do it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Just try, you know, opening all your cases on stage, you know, whether it be keyboards and bass and amps mm-hmm. arriving and all these kind of things. 
I can get set up much faster if you give me 20 minutes. I can get That's, all my cases on stage. Yep. I can get all my drums out. I can get set up. I can get my cases off stage. And now the stage is yours. You know and, what I mean? And, and, and I in can turn, just, you're going to set up quicker because you're not going to, the drummer's not going to be constantly walking through your workflow to get to his right, workflow, to right, his setups. Right, right. Another thing for drummers, be sure. I mean, I realize that a lot of us think we're going to be center of the stage, back mm-hmm. of the stage. I played a, a recent church thing where they had a, a different idea about yeah. how the back line was going to do. Right. Looking at the stage, so right. stage right, the drums are in the corner, yeah. and the keyboards were in stage left mm-hmm. corner because they wanted to put a screen there. Mm-hmm. But the screen wasn't there yet, so I assumed that the drums are going to go in the back. So what do I do? I start setting my mm-hmm. drums up, and production dude comes up and he goes, no, 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 no. no the sir. drums are going over here. Right. I didn't ask that question. I didn't feel so bad because he didn't really provide that question or answer when I got in. Yeah, but but think about this. Assumed, I assumed the drums were going to be in the back. So this is part of load in. Like you want to make sure that you've asked the questions before you just start hauling your gear up on stage. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, for guitar players too. You know, uh, to kind of piggyback off what we're talking about, letting the drummer set up. That's part of what a guitar player is doing, assessing the situation himself is okay where's the drummer going to set up mm-hmm. okay am i going to be stage left stage right of him let him let's let him get set up first mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you know where is my stage where am i going to put myself on the stage where's my zone where's my zone at <clears throat> um so you're constantly you know aware of this as you're on the gig and is you know you know as soon as the drummer has pretty much got his his ducks in a row then you go ahead and you get set up quickly you know um get your stuff ready to go and like i said um when you've got all these other boxes checked off you should be able to set up pretty quickly right and that's essential like you don't want to waste a ton of time setting up no because a lot of time an artist is going to arrive a little later you know he he already knows a gear takes time to load in Mm -hmm. b gear takes time to set up Mm -hmm. and then you know you got everybody kind of figuring their space out this could take 30 minutes 45 minutes right if your artist arrives let's say an hour later and you're still screwing around with your gear you know he 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 planned for this so try to utilize you know this time really well really Mm -hmm. efficiently and i think that musicians bass players guitar players whoever else is on stage right you know saying okay drummers first and I mean, I've seen some guys, you know, I've seen John do it. He's setting up kind of some of his stuff side stage. Yeah. All, all yeah, he's got to do is just carry it up. Yeah, carry it up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's, that, you know, just something that you're, you're constantly um, checking boxes, man, when you're on the gig, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, setting up, getting your pedal board out of the case, getting your, your, your amps out of their cases, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. getting speaker cables run to amp heads and yeah. all, pl- you can have you all know, that done, have all know. that done. And all you got to do is just simply put it in place right. at that point. Right. Because usually once you, you know, there's a time frame for loading in and then directly, um, following the load in, you know, usually you're going to be sound checking. Right. And soon so, to follow. Soon to follow, you're going to sound check. So if you waste a ton of time with load in, you're cutting into your sound check time. Yep. You know, if you're the first band or the last band, this is a sacred time because at some point you've got to cut off, you know, you're okay. We can't make any more noise past six 30. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we ate up a whole bunch of time, not being organized with load in, then it hurts our sound check. It does. It's going to, it's going to bleed into that time for sure. Right. Yeah. So, so we're at sound check. We're loaded in, we're ready to play. Artist is there ready to do our thing. What are some things that you, that you think about in sound check? So, to me, this is um, honestly a 
it's it's a very I'm a, I'm a stickler. I'm very anal about the uh, ethics of sound checking. Yeah, yeah. And my biggest, 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 and I have had to struggle mightily to overcome these same things that I'm going to mention. Um, just there's some do's and don'ts when you're sound checking. Mm-hmm. For instance, if it's not your turn to sound check, yep. don't make any noise. Don't wank around. Don't be camera. noodling around. Don't be farting around. <laughs> yep. You know, trying to dial in your overdrive pedal or your delay. <laughs> you know, trying to get that that YouTube dotted eight. That's not the time for you to dial that in. Right. Okay. Right. But be ready to go when the front of house guy says we're ready for guitar. Right. Right. So same thing, same thing for drummers. My God, like, you know, let's just say a, a singer is trying to check his mic or a keyboard player is trying to get levels mm-hmm. and you're over there smacking your snare drum, trying to get it I mean, in the right position. Beating it like it owes you money. Black. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're just beating the shit out of this yeah. drum. If one of the most embarrassing things, like when I was in my twenties, I did this. Yeah, type and of we thing. all do it, man. Yeah, I, I mean, do. listen, we're, we're not, guilty we're not, of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we've, yeah, I've had things thrown at me. Uh, I think the cardinal sin for guitar players is the. Uh, the unsilent tuning. Oh yes, when you're just bang bang, bang, bang oh, you know, just constantly. Mute you know, your shit. <laughs> guilty as charged, people. Yeah, yeah. I've had things thrown at me. Yeah. Um. In 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 in. Um. I learned my lesson. So, yeah. you know, uh, just be mindful of what you're doing mm-hmm. when you're doing it, and mm-hmm. be ready to check when the when when your production guy says we're ready for guitar or ready for bass. Be ready to give them signal. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's great. And and, and 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 the reason why you want to do that is because, especially if you're an, a supporting artist, mm-hmm. which means you're opening up for somebody else. Yeah. A lot of times, your sound check is that window is super small. And I think that comes down to respect too. Right. So if you're an opening artist, you're respecting the artist that you're opening for. Yep. You know, respecting their time, respecting them, saying, "Hey, we bring you on this gig." You know what I mean? Don't be a don't be a. Time and they will take notice of that too. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. the production guys that are. Uh, that are probably you know either put on some sort of retainer by the artist or on salary like those guys know when the supporting act have their stuff together right and they're not farting around how many times have you heard that a guitar player a drummer etc gets a gig with a main artist because they went out and supported main artist and maybe they made an impression and you know maybe two months later they get a call going hey it happens a lot yeah, yeah. it happens a lot you know I mean that's super important for Take a sip for your um, just your overall professional vibe that you're putting out. Yeah, you want to yeah. be you want to make sure that you are doing the right thing at the right time during sound check. Right, you know you're not farting off. You're not you know working on sweet picking or anything. You're not cracking your freaking snare or, or doing like you you're ready to check when yep. you are given the word we're ready to check your instrument right and i think this is just falls under the umbrella of professionalism professionalism yeah, yeah. you know um so once you are done with your sound check and you know the other thing usually that may come into play and and there's certain degrees and, and levels this document can can go into, but a lot of times if you're working with an artist, they will have what's called a writer. A writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and your writer is basically uh, kind of a, a to-do list for the for the venue to have for that artist, right? Yeah. yeah. And and a lot of times in that writer, amongst many other things, will be is there a green room provided? Mm-hmm. And if there is, that's basically where you're going to go and hang out after sound check until until gig time, uh, right. you know, um, 
eat, change clothes, change clothes, shower, maybe. shower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, also in the rider, you could have uh, what's called a runner at the mm-hmm. venue where somebody will physically have a vehicle that will transport you back to a hotel room. So you can shower there and they'll bring you back to the green room mm-hmm. that could, but that's something that will be in that artist's rider. Right. It's not, uh, you know, not every artist is going to have a rider. No, not and quite honestly, most of them are not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there needs to be, um, some sort of organizational level of what, where we're going to go after sound check. Yeah. You know, and, and I think you, an awareness of that, awareness, right? you want right. to ask that question, like, where's the green room? What's expected of us? Mm-hmm. Because you play a role in that too. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we have to be back at the venue by a set amount of time. So you've got a small window. Maybe it's thirty minutes. Maybe it's an hour. Maybe it's two hours. Maybe you're the headlining thing, and you've got, you know, you got a ton of time to kill. But it's still part of your awareness, right? To have all this under your belt. Yeah. And so once you get that figured out, you know, that's that's usually what you're going to do until showtime either you go to the green room or you get run back to the hotel and you hang out for a couple hours and shit shower shave Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. come back and do the gig Mm -hmm. so after after you've got yourself situated at the venue you know you're you're there you're on time you got your stuff every sound check went good you know where the green room's at the probably most important thing and this probably ties into punctuality is knowing what time the downbeat is and a downbeat is simply what time the first note of the show starts. Right. For you. For you. For you. For right. you. Yeah. When is downbeat? You'll hear people say that a lot. Like, right. It's kind of like a musical term or yes. a gigging term like backline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Downbeat is, is important. So if downbeat is 930, well, you know, I don't need to show up at 930. I need to be there well ahead of that. That's correct. Mm-hmm. You need to be there ahead of time and make sure that, you know, uh, for guitar players, your guitars are in tuned, you know, uh, you your your gears powered properly, the electricity is still working. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times you are going to be uh, away from the artist. Mm-hmm. You might be in a separate location than say the artist and also the other band members. Maybe some of them are at the hotel and you decided to stay at the green room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, or vice versa. So you need to know what time downbeat is so you can be there ahead of that to make sure you're ready to go it's super super important take another sip super important to know what time downbeat is Mm -hmm. i've seen i've been in situations where we've had to physically call people oh my gosh right yeah that's not what you want to do that's terrifying everybody needs to be there And, and a lot of times you know either the artist or the touring manager they will make sure that everybody's schedule is known to them. Yeah. And you need to make sure that you're there. It's your job. Right. Yeah. This this downbeat kind of falls in line, I think, with being on time. So if yep. you're on time for the gig, then you got to be on time for the performance. Yeah. So this is something you can control. Absolutely. Sometimes you can't. You know, yeah, let's just sometimes. say you're you're riding with someone that's a runner and you mm-hmm. hit some traffic or something. Well, guess what? You're not alone. Exactly. There's probably other band members with exactly. you. So this is not just a you thing at that point. But if it is a you thing... If you know that you can control it, this is yeah, not, that's, not gonna, that's not going to bode well for your your uh, your, call, your callback your callback. Yeah. So you got probably you know honestly you know one of the, the most important things you're you're there on time. Downbeat. The last but not not least is where you actually earn your money is the loadout. Right. Is getting all of your stuff off stage, into the van, into the trailer, whatever, right. so you can go. Um, to me, 
there is some loadout ethics, mm-hmm. um, a code of ethics, if you will, very similar to your sound check, uh, ethical ideas. There are some philosophical, ethical things that I think need to be done um, at loadout. And one of those things is being aware that the drummer needs to get his stuff mm-hmm. probably first. It needs to get in cases. It needs to get off the stage because if you're trying to load your, unless you're side stage and you've got stairs right next to you, mm-hmm. let the drummer get his stuff first. Let the drummer get his stuff first. And depending on where you're at on the stage, you may need to let the bass player get his stuff off too because mm-hmm. you don't want people working on top of each other. Right. So being mindful of that. And I think, Chris, you can probably have some, some well, things that... I have some different feelings about it. Like normally with, with loadout, I feel like I could be in the way because I know that drums are big. I know that drums are a lot to load up and... Um, it's not the, 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 the glamorous part of the gig, but it's something that's essential. And one thing that I do mm-hmm. is I get my gear off stage and, and I normally I assess this at the beginning of load in at the beginning of arriving at the venue. Mm-hmm. I, I find, I try to find a place mm-hmm. where when I load out, mm-hmm. I can get all my gear put in this corner or this section, or right. maybe I load it out of the venue onto the sidewalk. Right. And at this point, I've got all my gear off stage, A. B, I've got all my, my gear in one central location, and I'll bring the cases to that location. To that location, Versus exactly. bringing cases individually on stage, loading a piece of gear, carrying it off stage. I make one trip or as many trips as necessary right. to get the gear to like a holding area, mm-hmm. and then I do all of my packing there and then move it from there. But still, again, you know, drums take a little bit of time to get off stage. They're big. People are in the way. Normally, at this point, the venue's full of people. So, yeah, I would say drummers, it's it's awesome if a band lets you kind of like do your thing. Right. But just realize you're in charge of your instrument. You are. You know, and you're, and you're responsible for your gear. Yeah. Getting it off the stage, getting it on the stage. And mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you're keeping track with all that stuff. It's on you. Yep. So if you're moving all of your gear to a section of a room or to a loading dock or whatever, you 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 have that mental inventory of what's there and what's not. Right, right. You don't want to have cases in the way. You're creating trip no, hazards. Yeah. Or, you know, there's going to be spaces where people have to walk to come in. Right, and, and a lot of times they're going to be very, very narrow and very tight. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. need to be mindful of where you're leaving your stuff. Right, right. And yeah. you definitely don't want to leave any gear behind. No. Like that's another thing. Like Just like, yeah. you know, we could circle back to when we came into the gig, we had nine cases or we had X amount of stuff. X amount we, of obviously, we would leave with the same amount of stuff. Yes. This sounds like, oh, that's that's really dumb to have to even bring that up. But I've got some drummer friends who are like, dude, I left my bag of cymbals and they got stolen. Totally. And okay, there went $1,500. It's gone. You know, just right. because you forgot to put it in your truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It's really tough. Yeah. So I think that brings us full circle from yeah. I mean, from that's, that's a pretty leaving. good kind of roadmap uh a a gigging roadmap if you will a nashville number chart for the gig (laughs) if you will in real time of exactly what's expected of you and what you need to ask for what you need to know um before you get to the gig so i think we laid out a pretty good pretty good roadmap for everybody i like for all these working musicians out there get it done guys well this will wrap up episode seven we'll see you guys next week and we out